This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome. It's time for our Crack Tuesday strategy panel. And in case there is any doubt that the election campaign is on, let's do the math. The Liberals are making spending announcements at breakneck speed. Three since yesterday, worth more than a billion, $54 million. A lot of people say this flurry of activity isn't fair because it doesn't count as election spending. And what about Prime Minister Trudeau on the world stage at the G7 this week? Will this add to his luster? He seems to be recovering in the polls. Did he look good there? Uh, he was partially responsible for making a deal with Brazil on fighting those fires in the Amazon. Uh, I'd like to hear what you think. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I'd like to welcome Karen Stintz, CEO of Variety Village, and Kim Wright, Principal of Wright Strategies, as we await Bob Richardson, stuck in traffic. Ladies, hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay. So uh, what do you think of all these announcements that we're seeing in this pre-election, pre-writ period, Karen? Well, I think it's pretty consistent with a, a, a party that's trying to get reelected. They're offering up the goodies. I mean, again, I think it, they don't really mean anything unless the government gets reelected, which is what they're counting on, is that they want to make these promises in the hopes that they do return to office and then can fulfill them. And so it really is, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Kim? Yeah, I mean, there's always these. And gosh, if only they'd stop playing politics and actually, you know, do the governing over the course of four years instead of waiting to the last minute and go, oh, hey, wait a minute, we've got an election that was you know, a fixed date, uh, you know, transit in Toronto and in other places needs to get built, stop being talked about, stop being studied, stop being reconfigured, uh, get on with it. People are tired of announcements and announceables. They actually just want to get on transit. So like our dear colleague, Bob, they're not stuck in traffic. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though. I mean, you, you can, we certainly can criticize them for doing all of this at the last minute. But if memory serves, uh, the Harper Conservatives were not any different. No question. And, but I, and I think that um, not every announcement is equal. And I think to Kim's point, transit funding is announcements come and go so frequently that nobody takes them seriously anymore. I think the funding that they're announcing for guns, guns and gangs, I think, is more welcome for people because they do see the problem and they realize that they need, there needs to be some action that needs to be taken. And so I think, you know, it is it, we're part of in the political cycle. But, you know, a, a transit funding announcement, to be quite honest, is quite meaningless. OK. Uh, do you feel that way? Look, I mean, the mayor himself would have loved if SmartTrack would have been operational by 2021. Now, 
perhaps 2024. I know that uh, some of uh, some of your listeners would have remembered when David Miller announced Transit City, which some of those lines would have been fully operational today had it not gotten cut and reconfigured. These things happen after every election cycle. People get tired of it. They get tired of the constant uh, ribbon cuttings and announcements and studies and restudies and rethinks and reconfigurations. It is time for us to start putting some shovels in the ground. And also when you, you know, for your listeners who live along Eglinton or try to cross through Eglinton, you know, how do we get these transit projects operationalized and built in a in a more efficient manner? Uh, so they're not without pay- wrecking all the businesses. With, uh, without, but also without disrupting just all sorts of things. There's lots of times when people are crossing Eglinton and they've been seeing the same construction signs up for a while. People would have thought that it would be built by now. The other thing that concerns people, and when we look at things like Eglinton, is the fear of a new government coming in and starting all over again, or as the Mykeris government did, shoveling back in the tunnels, uh, so that when Eglinton Crosstown finally got uh, re-upped on on the agenda, they had to start all over again. And that's, that's the concern whenever we see these types of announceables. Yes, it's great. Yes, everyone wants the money. Yes, everyone wants these things to be built. But what we don't want is continually redrawing up these lines. Karen, uh, what did you think of Trudeau's performance on the world stage? It's, It's interesting the kind of thing that gets picked up pop culture wise virally. So I was pretty surprised. There was this picture of, uh, Melania Trump air kissing Trudeau and, and, um, she looked like she was about to swoon. And in the meantime, her husband, Donald Trump was holding her hand, but he was looking at the ground. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. That's, uh, what people comment on. I, I hate to be shallow. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that, um, of, if there is a win out of the G7 summit, summit, G7 summit, Justin Trudeau probably got it. Because he was able to make gains in the Amazon fire, which is on people's minds and um, broker a deal, so to speak, and have Canada step to the front and give money and support. And, um, you know, and that's probably the only issue that he could actually comment on because China, we have we have no credibility in China and the trade war that's happening with the U.S. and China. We can't wade into that one. We shouldn't wade into Hong Kong. Of all the issues that are happening globally, the only one we probably could have some impact on is the Amazon forest fire. So at least he picked the right issue <laughs> and, and actually put us in the right positioning. And with all the other characters and, and personalities at the table, I think he, he, did, he, he did the right play on this one. Yeah, there were no gaffes coming out of this. Um, I think he you know, held his own in trade. And it was interesting yesterday, some of the tweets back and forth. And while I am not one to cheerlead President Donald Trump's tweets, uh, when Ezra Levant, uh, journalist, uh, Ezra Levant uh, was commenting on Trudeau not being, you know, holding his own against Trump on the trade negotiations, Trump was like, uh, no, we were, everything was great. It was actually a good meeting and uh, basically smacked him down. So it was interesting to see the different uh, dynamics where we didn't see quite that same way a couple of months ago when the world leaders got together. Uh, the prime minister didn't make any gaffes. Sure, he hasn't moved the file on China, but as he is like he has said in the past, his strategy on China is quote unquote working. So he doesn't believe he and, and he has said huh? that which what? which <laughs> really which, really which begs the question. I would of, I would not say that out loud actually really? if I were the prime it, minister. It, it begs the question of every other person in you know the world of 
what would not working look like? But, uh, you know, that's that's where we're at right now with the prime minister and his uh, his philosophies on China. Hey, people, I, I know that our listeners have strong feelings about the prime minister's quote strategies on China. So let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, what do you think about Justin Trudeau's performance at the G7? Do you think it's going to help him in the election? He's had a few really bad gaffes over the last year on the world stage. Uh, no gaffes this time. And, and he was helpful. He made an impact on those Brazil, uh, forest fires and, and, uh, pop culture, social media all, all over that air kiss with Melania. So uh, let us know what you think. Now, Kim. You're uh, the NDP person here. So we had... And yet still not wearing orange. Still not wearing (laughs) orange. And I am. It looks fetching on you. Well, thank you. Uh, Don't let it say anything about my politics, please. (laughs) So, oh, (laughs) and uh, we have uh, Bob Richardson joining us from the traffic. uh, And and, uh, hi, Bob. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine. Uh, and, uh, and we didn't have a chance to talk to you about the transit announcement and if it would have helped you get here earlier. It uh, certainly would have. Okay. Well, uh, if it got built, but Kim, if they, so, if they build it, Bob will come. Is if they build it, Bob will come. That's a great, uh, a great line. But here, so we had a whole brouhaha over. Andrew Shear's position on same-sex marriage. Uh, the liberals dredged up a clip from 15 years ago when he said that he was against it because same-sex couples cannot, quote, naturally procreate. Uh, this was dredged up by uh, Ralph Goodale, who <laughs> had also previously voted against same-sex marriage. So go figure. But in the wake of that, uh, Jagmeet Singh said he would never support a conservative government because of because of that. Now he was so- actually clear. He said he would not support Andrew Scheer. So, and and part of that, frankly, Libby was. If you were going to, as Andrew Scheer has, not say anything and just say, "Well, the law is on the books, so I'm not going to reopen it," but I'm going to keep on on the public record his positioning from 15 years ago, which is that it was unethical. Then I think people have questions, and rightfully so. Who is Andrew Scheer? What does he actually want to do or not do? Is he going to just say? And he said this on a number of issues. He's been like this on the yellow jacket uh, folks who have been. Frankly, a lot of them not particularly pleasant folks and a lot on the anti-Semitism and white nationalist bandwagon. He hasn't denounced that publicly. He also was he's also said, oh, abortion is beyond us. We're we're, we've moved on. We're not going to change the law. That's not enough. And especially given what we're seeing around the world uh, in, in Russia and in places all over the world where people are being persecuted and killed Uh because they're part of a same-sex couple. And so Jagmeet's comments were based on, if you're not going to stand up for uh, Canadians, then what else are you not going to stand up for? And we're not going to prop you up. Okay, well, th- th- this was my question, which I didn't get to. Sorry. So first of all, <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't say what he personally believes, but I think he was pretty clear that he's not going to try to reverse those laws, either same-sex marriage or abortion. Uh, if it's important to you to know what he believes, he's not telling, and I think that's telling. But so here's the thing. 
Jagmeet Singh comes out and says, I'm not going to, uh, to, to support a minority government led by Andrew Scheer. So on the one side, uh, people are saying, Oh, uh, and Jagmeet Singh just, just conceded the election. What the heck is that? He's just shot himself in the foot. On the other, people are saying he's sending a signal to people who might want to vote for him that a vote for him won't end up being a vote for the conservatives. So did he shoot himself in the foot then? I don't, I don't believe he did. Um, frankly, he has been pretty clear about he is running to become prime minister. And what we will see during the course of the election campaign, as we did four years ago, is that campaigns matter and people make their decision during the course of that election period. They will see the leaders. They will see what they do and don't do, what they do and don't say, and what type of teams they're going to put forward. And the question that then Canadians have to ask themselves is, are are these people writ large, but also the leaders, the type of uh, type of cabinet and caucus and government that they want to see? And I think that's going to be really interesting. And what concerns people and certainly has concerned Jagmeet Singh is some of the conversations and some of the tone that has come out of not only a lack of comment from Andrew Scheer, but the comments that have come out of, from some of his candidates. So while he may not want to bring up some uh, social conservative issues, some of his folks uh, certainly will. And, you know, we don't have to look much farther than Cheryl Gallant from uh, uh, the Ottawa Valley. Her comments the other day that marijuana is what's the cause of greenhouse gas increases. Like, and, there, there are some really interesting candidates. And you, you raised an issue early, uh, Libby. It, the issue isn't that he made this speech 15 years ago. He did. The issue is his views haven't evolved in 15 years. You know what? Ralph Goodale's have. A whole number of conservative members of parliament's views have. We're into our second decade of legal marriage for gays and lesbians. This guy's view hasn't moved an inch in 15 years. You know, he's the leader of a party. And you're supposed to be inclusive when you're leader of a party. Between June and August, there are hundreds of events across the country that a leader of a political party can go to to help celebrate pride. Doesn't have to be the Pride Parade in Toronto. You can go to one in Laurent, Saskatchewan, if you want to, or you can go to a community barbecue, or you can go to a business reception at RBC. He does none of it. And he's done none for 15 years. And quite frankly, it shows contempt for the gay community. So, and you know what? He will pay a price for that at the polls. Oh. And if you talk to conservatives privately, they're beside themselves on this issue. They think uh, they think it is an unforced error, and they don't think that they need to be doing this. But if he, he will pay a price for it in sophisticated urban places, but but perhaps with his, quote, base? Well, there's only so many times you can win Grand Prairie, and he's already got it won. Uh, where he needs to win is in uh, urban areas and in suburban areas. 82% of Canadians live in urban and suburban areas. 82% of people in those areas tend to be pretty moderate on this issue. I think uh, I think he's making an error, and I think a lot of conservatives think he's making an error. And what about Jagmeet Singh? Did he make an error basically conceding the election. I thought it was a tactical mistake that he made. I think when you're leader of a party and you're trying to motivate your base, I think you always want to say that I'm running to be prime minister. Jack Layton did that, you know, three three uh, three times before he was actually running to be prime minister. Uh, and I think it's important to do. I think that was a tactical error on his part. I think he recovered from it. Uh, however, Karen, your view? Well, I, you know, I don't. I don't think that Canada would ever entertain the notion that we would revisit gay marriage. Like, it's just an accepted fact of our 
Exactly. So yeah. why they're dredging up this thing from 15 years ago and trying to make it relevant is, I think, a sign of desperation, to be quite candid. Um, whether or not Andrew Scheer believes in gay marriage or not, he's already stated, I'm not doing anything about it. It's, it's accepted as a nation that that's what we support as a nation. Done. No more story there. If that were the case, there's no more story. There's no more story. If that were the case, then people wouldn't still be protesting against pride parades. There wouldn't be a need for pride parades. There wouldn't be still protests against and and uh, bullying. I don't think pride but parades are there because of need. They're they're there to celebrate. They're, but oh. they are still their base in in history is the struggle of acceptance and the rest. And there are still people who will stand at every pride parade. Now, if Andrew well, Shear was standing and protesting at the pride parade, I would agree that we well, have an issue were, with this. Were man, there people protesting at this it, pride parade? I will also say it's, 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 I don't no, think so. I, don't I mean, think the last so. people that were protesting by were Black not, Lives Matter is my understanding. Yeah, and that was by last not, year. By not, he's, by not going to pride parades and supporting uh, the community writ large, I think he actually is silently saying, I don't support you. See, I don't I think, think that. I don't, I've been to pride parades. I don't, I don't go to pride parades. I, 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 I'm glad they're You're part of my city. You're not running for anything. I, I'm, I'm glad they're part of our city. Even when I was a city councilor, I didn't go to pride parades. I, 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 had, I had gone on occasion, but I didn't make it a regular part of my summer routine to go to pride. I'm glad pride's in the city. I would fight to continue it to be part of the city, but I didn't go. And it's not because of my position on gay marriage. I support gay marriage wholeheartedly. Even Doug Ford has gone to a pride parade. I don't know what Andrew Shear's problem with going to a pride parade is. But, yeah, I, but, but I don't even know do what we're we, talking about. But to be we, candid, like that's but, not even an issue but, but, in this election. But my, my position's a little broader. I'm a member of the LGBTQ community, and I think it shows contempt that the guy can't show up to a single event. Not RBC's uh, reception for the gay community, not an event in Laurent, Saskatchewan, not an event in any of the cities across the country. I think it shows contempt for a community. Would he do that to... Uh, a regular event that happens in the South Asian uh, community like Vesaki or something else like that? The answer is no, he would not. Well, you know what? I And that's, I, and that's what my problem is with this. You know what? I uh, believe him. He's not going to touch him, touch it. But I also believe that it's it's going to cost him votes in urban centers. And that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so Jugmeet Singh made a tactical error. Now, uh, over to the other end of the spectrum and uh, the Maxime Bernier billboards in Quebec. Uh, this is this story to me is weird because the, these billboards have a big picture of Maxime Bernier. They say no to mass immigration. Whatever that is, they were apparently <laughs> that is exactly. They I think were apparently more than one is where these guys are coming from. <laughs> they were apparently put up by a third party, but not approved by a third party. And Maxime Bernier said he didn't approve those billboards, but he agrees with them. Meantime, Patterson said they will take them down because there are have been complaints. So, so here's my question: Should they? come down are they just an expression of free speech and and you know patterson is just uh you know business decision karen yeah at the ttc when i was chair of the ttc as an analogy we took the position that if someone paid to put an advertising up we'd put it up we weren't going to comment on whether we collectively agreed or disagreed with the content if they wanted to pay we would post their ad but we also did have a process where if the community at large had a complaint with the messaging of the ad we would listen to that complaint and so I think actually everything has fo- unfolded as it should, that this group, whoever they are, took out an ad and the community said, you know what, that ad is beyond what we're actually willing to tolerate. 
and the billboard company took it down. And I think uh, uh, I think all of it is actually legitimate, a legitimate expression of free speech, le- legitimate pushback by a community that doesn't agree with that. And um, and here we are. And Maxime Bernier, <laughs> I don't know what to say about him. Well, it uh, just, I, but but here's here's my question. And generally, I agree with that and their community standards. But mass immigration, I mean, it, it didn't define it. It didn't yeah. say anything racist, homophobic. Anti-Semitic. I mean, it, it, uh, it, you know, I, I, that, that's, that's why, uh, I have a question about this well, one. I, I, I agree with Karen on this. And I think the TTC has always done a pretty good job on, on dealing with, uh, what is a complicated, looks like a simple issue, but is a complicated issue. So, uh, I think that approach is the right approach to go. I'm offended by the ad of some, of somebody who used to own an ad firm because it's so bad. So that would be my, <laughs> that would be my first point on this. You're right, technically, Libby, that, you know, there isn't anything really, really offensive there, but it's blowing a dog whistle and it's trying to create uh, it's trying to create um, uh, a little bit of hate towards a group, I think. uh, And I think it's trying to uh, create an issue that, quite frankly, isn't true um, in terms of uh, mass Immigration, again, whatever that is. Whatever that is, uh, yeah. You know, I don't think we're exactly hitting mass immigration I don't think so either. either. <laughs> and also, the whole process is a bit shady. Like, yeah. who is this third-party group? Well, they can put up ads for a political party, but the political party claims they don't know about it. The whole process is a bit odd. So I, I think the, the way they handled it, I agree with Karen, was probably the appropriate way. From my perspective, there's a couple of things. I, you know, I don't even think it was a dog whistle. I think it was a dog megaphone. This thing was such a ham fisted. How do we get our message out to the people that we know will either get up in arms and vote for Max and his party, which will be whatever it'll be. Uh, But they also put this billboard. One of the locations was on the way on the main road to Halifax, which is home to Pier 21, where immigrants came mm. into Canada in droves. This is no more or less than a very strong line in the sand of if you're anti-immigrant, Max is your guy. And that's all this was. Well, I don't, whether, I don't think you, you needed a billboard to, to say know that. that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he'll say that himself. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah. So, But, but, it's, but is it is also, unclear. What is this group and what do they but, want? But so here's, here's another question. You know, there have been a lot of editorial comments. David Johnston has decided about whether Maxime Bernier should be allowed to debate with uh, the People's Party. He's a total libertarian. Uh, and there are a lot of people, and now the, this panel a week ago said, don't let him talk. Shut Max up. He's he's not popular enough. But but a lot of people are saying, let the guy speak. Well, if you're going to take the approach of let every leader of every recognized political party speak, then we've got to let the pirate party speak and some of the others as well. Uh, I, I, I mean, have, look, I I'm, I have more sympathy on that issue. Uh, so, uh, uh, but my belief on the on this has always remained, and and it's a bit controversial, and I I will give you. But if you're not running your candidates of your political party in all provinces in he's least, almost there i think uh, but, with and, great respect, and you have the other the other component max bernier is ahead of the ndp in terms of nominating <laughs> candidates the ndp hasn't the, nominated a single candidate in new brunswick or pei yet yeah, you, so you, should you, you be excluded you, you from you the debate uh, when no. they come to the debate day you know. uh, when they come to close of nominations if you don't have a majority of candidates in every single writing and let's be clear jigmeet will be running 
338 candidates. And by the way, Bob, you guys, on a fixed election date, the Liberals had to uh, implement their emergency measures to be able to handpick and cherry pick your own candidates to bypass nomination well, we meetings. Have, so have, let's not have, get too cute by half. We have about 250 who nominated, so we're uh, you, and, in slightly the, better shape than you guys are. And the other 100, you're just going to nominate okay. your favorite. Okay, so, so you have some democracy. more sympathy about letting the man talk. Well, he has, if you follow him on social media, yeah. been getting huge crowds right yeah. across the country, in Victoria, in Vancouver, in Calgary, in Winnipeg. Whether you like it or not, I don't, but he has, in Brampton uh, and and in Quebec. Uh, and quite frankly, I saw it in Halifax, too, as well. So he's getting big crowds. He's going to run uh, 338 candidates. I think that's the number of ridings. Um, and he's showing himself to have, you know, a fair degree of support. I think it's tricky not to allow people like that into debates. If you do that, you're really turning off a big chunk of the electorate. And that's dangerous. Well, and I mean, like him or not, he nearly became head of the Conservative Party. Yeah. And it was basically only the dairy lobby that kept him out of that. Uh, and he used to be the foreign minister. And yes, Karen and I were talking before the show. Yes, he left government papers with secret, his motorcycle girlfriend. Secret uh, but, briefing binders, government confidential <laughs> briefing binders with his girlfriend whose family and was part of the Hells Angels, allegedly. Well, well okay, he said it was clearly a mistake and he, he did pay the price. He, he, he was fired, resigned, whatever. So... Well, it's the same debate we had about the Green Party a few several elections ago because Elizabeth May didn't have candidates in every riding, but she it was deemed that she had a platform that was worthy of being aired. Now, in this case, it's a bit different because there's a lot of people who don't think that Maxine Bernier has a platform that should be aired. But it's the same principle is that there's views and he's articulating views that people hold. And if 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 we're going to let Elizabeth May and the Green Party participate in debates, then I don't know that we can exclude... The, the People's Party, just because we don't like what they're saying. My, okay, my concern okay. about well, we're starting to get is, is more. <laughs> I actually don't. I I don't believe that the the block should be on the leader stage because they're not running candidates in all ridings. But that's that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I I just think this guy has shown that he's got a significant enough support to merit being included in uh, in a leader's debate, and he's going to run a full set of candidates. He's also done a lot of fundraising, uh, and I think it's dangerous for us to exclude guys like that because then people start turning off of. Uh, elections and democracy, and then we have a whole other set of problems that we don't want to deal with. Okay, uh, Carol in Toronto wants to talk about Max. Hi, Carol. Are you there? Oh, yes. Um, regarding the posters, uh, I was thinking about. I live in Toronto, and I was thinking if you polled every single person in Toronto, and you said, "What do we really need more of in Toronto?" The one thing that nobody would have on their list is more people. One of the problems that we have right now is I've been talking to millennials and they're saying that they know people who are making $40,000 a year and they're living in their car. They don't have parents that they can move into their basement. They're living in their car. And we have immigrants who are here in Canada trying to get an apartment. They don't have the money for a condo. They're trying to get an apartment. They show up at a place that's listed as an apartment in a fairly safe area. And the man who comes to the door and says, okay, well, I wanted $1,200 for this bachelor apartment, but now since there's so many of you here, who will give me 1300 And I know it's illegal, but nobody reports these people. So the problem Max is saying is not we don't want to have 
immigrants. He doesn't care where they come from. His party is extremely diverse. He doesn't care where they come from. He's just simply saying, we're bringing people in. It's like force feeding people into the country. And what ends up happening is people get desperate and they say, well, then I'm going to buy a condo. Well, I can't afford a condo. So maybe I'll start selling drugs or maybe I'll start selling I, I, guns. That's, that's a bit of a leap, Carol. I mean, there are probably uh, too many people trying. To, we have a housing crunch here in Toronto. We do. Most people want to live here. But, uh, you know, the the whole country is not overpopulated. There are a no, lot of places that need. People. come to Canada, by and large, go to Montreal, they go to exactly. Toronto, and they go to Vancouver. Okay, Carol, that, is, th- that is a statistic. It is, uh, it is a fact. The reason they go there is because the, all the public services are there that they need. I'm not blaming them for going there. I'm just simply saying the immigrants who are already here are scared because bullets are flying around in their plazas. Okay, Carol, thanks for your call. So uh, there you go. She doesn't think he's saying anything wrong or that it's a dog whistle that he's addressing. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, you know, Carol sounds like an intelligent woman. And, you know, he has a certain resonance, resonance with a lot of people. I think that's true, and that's why I'm. Uh, I can't believe I'm somehow becoming a defender of Maxine Bernier. Of Maxine Bernier. That was not what I set out to do when I got up this morning. <laughs> but uh, but I, I I do think uh, I I think as I said before, I think he's demonstrated that uh, he has put together an organization, candidates, and everything else, and he merits consideration for the debate. Okay, we're starting to run out of time on this. Uh, what would you like to leave us with for the long weekend, starting with Kim? You know, people just need to start going out, having a good time, spending time with their neighbors, their friends, and, you know, stop getting ramped up about billboards and all the rest of it. Let's figure out who our neighbors are and build, and build stronger communities. Yeah, I don't think the elections actually started because certainly, in, you know, to your point about getting together with friends and over dinner parties and cocktails, no one's talking about the election. Yeah. No, we're talking about everything else but the election. So I think it will be an interesting fall. Well, people I know are talking about it, but hey. <laughs> I think the election gets called somewhere between September 10th and September 15th. So until that time, I think it's a good thing to have a moratorium with your friends on talking politics and instead uh, uh, talk about barbecues and having fun and uh, drinking wine and things like that. That's, oh. uh, that's a better use of time right now. Okay. And uh, I will actually be here on Labor Day rather than at a barbecue. And we started tracking... The Zoomer vote with our own poll, which we're calling the Zoomer primary. And, uh, we'll see what's, what's happening with that. Uh, to date, uh, you know, um, the liberals have been gaining up 5% to 40%. So we will be tracking that next week, but that might be either after or before all the barbecues. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Enjoy Lily. your weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.